Ladies and gentlemen, it is another week, another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. My name is Josh Kuypers. My name is Anthony Hookman. We are continuing on in season four. Uh, Anthony, I think what we need to talk about right away, we touched on this a couple weeks ago, but we've had a chance to, you have at least, had a chance to listen to our rival podcast Yes, a bit. Uh, let's get initial thoughts on what Billy and Mindy Riggins have going over there. Yeah, no, I had a chance to, I listened to the first episode. Um, you know, like I said, they have, they have onset stories and stuff like that, so they can kind of tell the stories of that. But, you know, I, on the whole, um, you know, they might have, uh, you know, guests here and there, uh-huh. but they don't have the Julie Taylor hate meter They don't have that. Okay. They so don't have the that's point for us. Yep. They haven't mentioned a single thing about coach's secret family. <laughs> well, that's like five points for us. Cause that's <laughs> right, a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, I guess Gracie isn't around yet, so they haven't talked about how Gracie is an alien, but I'm sure are that they, they won't. Yeah, are they, there's no way they'll be brave enough to talk right. about to talk about that. Right. Um, you know, they don't they just didn't go now granted I'm uh I'm go, going off of just one episode, but they didn't go in very in depth. Uh, you know, on the episode like we do, so I, yeah, I don't know, and it felt very superficial. It felt scripted, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, which you know, if you're coming to reliving the lights, you're you're coming for our <laughs> our unscripted banter There's and no our script here. our unique style. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that they'll have more listeners than us. They've probably already got more listeners than us, um just on the first uh, episode or two that they've put out. But, um, you know, they're not us. No, they're not. And uh, we thank you all for continuing to listen. Uh, I did. We are somehow in like separate categories on the charts. They're just like TV and film. And we're somehow more like TV and film. Narrowed review. down. Yeah. Right. So there's not a direct one-to-one comparison. So they were at like 72 on the TV and film list. And we were at like, I don't know, in the fifties for sure TV and film review. So I really wanted to stick it to them if we were still (laughs) beating them, but couldn't do that. Uh, You know, with the, with the onset stories, I'm just saying uh, they could have just come on this show and, and, you know, we would do the hard work of the, you know, the plot synopses and the awards and Mm -hmm. the movie dude one stuff. Uh, and they could have just, you know, told some stories. Uh, Billy Riggins and Mindy Riggins still don't know your name, but come on the show. Yeah. We'll still take you. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to keep on keeping on over here. Thanks for checking that out. I will get around to it eventually. I are they going? I assume they're going in chronological order, like yeah. episode by episode. Okay. I was going to say I was going to wait until we were done so that I didn't like taint our podcast mm. with mm-hmm. inside knowledge from their podcast but i guess it wouldn't hurt to go back and listen to those first ones. yeah we're i mean they're never i mean there's no way that they can get caught up to where we are so we'll never be repeating their sh- stuff <laughs> yeah uh the other thing i was gonna say is the closest that we get to scripting on our podcast is maybe if anthony gets a little too political <laughs> or <laughs> you know we might go back and uh, cut some things out yeah uh, there or if if we get a little too sloppy we we have a few too many grain belts and we got to cut some for content you know that yeah that's as close that's as not, we get to script that's, that's not, not scripting. scripting that's just editing. that's editing yeah that's a whole different thing so 
Uh, and if you guys have if you guys have been along with us for the whole journey, you know that the there's not a lot of editing. We've kept a lot of stuff in that maybe um, the average person wouldn't. So, yeah, you've heard everything that stayed in the podcast. Uh, you can only imagine what got cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, we'll keep taps ta- taps. We'll keep tabs on Billy and Mindy. Um, happy for them. You know, I, I haven't seen them around too much since uh, since Friday Night Lights. So glad yeah. glad they're uh, keeping that magic alive. Yes. Anthony, I appreciate your uh, Ultimate Warrior shirt tonight. Yeah. Uh, is there? Oh, and you got Macho Man yeah, there. Well, it's actually, it's, well, it's WrestleMania 6. So we've got Warrior Macho Man. We've got uh, Roddy Piper down here, Big Boss Man, uh, Jake the Snake, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, and then the Heart Foundation. So there you go. Uh, Big Boss Man, has there been a more overtly racist character than big boss man. Now I'm not saying oh, absolutely. Like, I'm, okay. Let me preface that or let me uh, add a qualifier to that. Not like super stereotype, uh, you know, like iron cheek or something where mm-hmm. it's like a super stereotypical caricature of mm-hmm. a nationality. Uh, but yeah, big boss man, I feel like is just basically thinly veiled, like Southern good old boy prison guard, yeah, I, I've sure. just always been uncomfortable with the Big Boss Man. Yeah, well, and it's, it's interesting because this iteration of the Big Boss Man was in the you know late 80s, early 90s, and he uh-huh. was like a good guy. And then the, he came back oh. in the late 90s as yeah. like a bad guy and like not dressed in like the blue anymore. He had like the full like, yeah, you know, the like bulletproof vest. Gear, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just interesting. <laughs> but yeah, no, if you want to say, yeah, I mean racist characters uh you know you had the wild samoans back in the day right the, uh, the caricature type yep uh <laughs> tatanka in the 90s <laughs> yeah um any of the yeah, japanese uh characters oh, yeah. in the yeah the, kai and tai <laughs> all of those guys um the choppy yeah. pp scene um, yes but, yeah <laughs> but all right well uh yeah I just thought we need to touch on that because that's a pretty epic shirt. Yes. Um, I like it. Yeah, so. I got it at Target. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to get into it pretty quick. Uh, but first, I got to know what you're drinking. Yeah, well, we went to... It was Angie's birthday yesterday. Happy uh, birthday, big, Angie. Big 4-0. Um, and we went to Hy-Vee. Um, I was, we decided to get our favorite pizza last night and a bottle of wine, her favorite bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. So we went to Hy-Vee to get the wine and um, I was out of uh, my Laphroaig and um, they had a similar Islay scotch called Ardbeg um, that was you know about $15 cheaper. So I was like, I'll give that a shot. Uh, so I've got a little, a small dram of Ard- Ardbeg here um, and then... We've got some some grain belt elites uh, yep. backing me up. So working on those, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be full, probably the last of it tonight. The last of those grain belt elites. Nice. Full disclosure: we are recording on a weeknight this mm-hmm. week, so might might be a little scaled back uh, yeah. as far as drinking goes. But very good. Uh, I'm keeping it friendly this week. Uh, yeah. Got a grain belt premium. I did earlier tonight have a uh, Kona long board. Long wave Kona. Oh yeah. Big wave. Uh, it's big wave. There it is. Uh, the Kona big wave, which I've, uh, for a long time it, I didn't like it so much. Like it's not that I didn't like it, but I, it didn't click with me, but then I had it with a burger 
at Tap House 41. And there was something about that combination <laughs> that like <laughs> really it it clicked in my yeah. brain. And it was one of the best like beer and burger experiences I've ever have sure. had. And then ever since then, the the Kona Big Wave has really hit, hit, hit the spot for me it's, every time. That's so. good beer. Yeah, it's it's solid for sure. But can't go wrong with friendly. Got yep. that. Got a backup. No mixing bowl full of ice this week yeah. uh, since we're just recording one tonight. But all right, that's what we're drinking. Uh, let's get into it. This is episode four hundred nine, uh, entitled "The Lights in Carroll Park." This episode originally aired on January thirteenth of two thousand ten. So we're in a new decade now, or maybe we were last. No, probably not. I think last week we were. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought, but maybe I'm mistaken. Somebody's listening to this back to back with the last episode and being like, you idiots. Um, Yes. Last week was January 6th of 2010. So, okay. I wasn't sure if they would have, you know, taken a break for the new year or anything, but they were on top of it. What does our friend Haven Iron Oak have to say about what's going on in Dillon? Yes. When a 12-year-old is shot in an East Dillon Park, Coach Taylor takes action. Julie takes a step in recovering from her breakup with Matt thanks to a cute supervisor at the Habitat at a Habitat for Humanity build. Vince gets a job at Ray's Barbecue, and he and Landry face off over their mutual attraction to Jess Merriweather. Meanwhile, Becky Sproles finds out that she's pregnant and informs both Luke and Riggins. Um, oh, wow. This is interesting in that he refers to Julie as just Julie. He refers to Matt as just Matt, refers to Vince as just Vince, and Landry as just Landry. But then he starts talking about (laughs) Jess Merriweather and (laughs) Becky Sproles. I don't know why they needed both their last names mentioned. Yeah, they're pretty prominent characters in the season. I'm not sure either. Uh, a, a lot more brief than last week's, so that's good. Uh, I can appreciate that. Uh, so I did some internet research on Haven Iron Oak and we've Mm -hmm. talked about this before, but it looks like he's from St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, which is where our friend of the show, uh, Tyler Erickson is right now. Oh yeah, that's correct. And I have plane tickets for, is it this month? I think it's in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Middle of October, I'm heading down to St. Petersburg. That's where my two kids' uh, birth mom lives. So we're going down to visit. I am doing my damnedest to get a hold of Haven Iron Oak. Yes. I have reached out to him on Twitter. I have reached (laughs) out to him on, he's like a, he answers questions on (laughs) Quora.com. I I submitted a question to Haven Iron or Stephen Knapp, which is his actual name. I found him on Quora and I submitted quite like an official Quora question to him. Hi, are you are you the same Haven Iron Oak that uh, uh, does plot synopses on IMDb for FNL? Uh, if so, I would love to talk to you. Can we <laughs> like that? I submitted a question. Oh, yes, uh, I submitted there. Um, I looked him up and found an email address attached to his voting record. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I emailed him this morning. That came back as not a valid Undeliverable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, found his, his home address. I don't wow. think I'm going to get that desperate when I'm <laughs> wow. down there, but I'm just saying I found it, <laughs> man. <laughs> so, uh, 
I'm doing everything I can to get us into contact with uh, Haven Iron Oak. I just just want to pick his brain. Just want to talk. Obviously, we'd love to talk to Movie Dude One. I've kind of given oh. up on that. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe we can touch base with Haven Iron Oak. Yeah. I am uh, impressed and a little bit terrified. <laughs> it's It was a little scary how much information I could find with a few strategic Google searches. <laughs> so. Um, I do have to ask, so full disclosure to our listeners, um, we this is a very um, last minute, uh, yeah. about two hours ago, we weren't even sure if we were going to record this episode. I was assuming um, we weren't. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we lost Angie's uncle uh, a couple weeks ago, and the funeral is uh, over, the wake is tomorrow night, then the funeral um, over the next couple of days, so we... Um, have been trying to find a time to record because mm-hmm. we've been we out of town. We were Angie also just had her birthday as I mentioned earlier, so we yeah. were just in Duluth, Minnesota. The last like we literally got back yesterday. Yeah. Um. So this is a um. Don't get me wrong; it's still going to be a quality episode of Reliving the Lights, and our hearts are fully in it. Yes. But I do have to ask because we did not discuss this off record. Did you do a movie do two synopsis? I did not. It occurred to me while we were reading Haven Iron Oak that, oh, crap, uh, I did not do that. So, well, I've got good news because I did just in case oh. you didn't. <laughs> Man, what a team. What a team we are. If I, it's I, not, I mean, I threw it so <sighs> better than nothing. Right. Better than nothing. So, yes. Um, once again, full disclosure. We um, had decided, I'll check. <laughs> um, we decided at 733 uh, that we were going to, actually you, uh, at 752 p.m. you confirmed, because I didn't start watching <laughs> until you confirmed. Uh-huh. So that was two hours ago. Yes. It is now a little after 10 p.m. And we've obviously been recording for like 15 minutes. So yeah. less than yeah. two hours in between. <laughs> um, I started watching the episode, uh, got 15 minutes in, and we had to go pick up Angie's brother from the airport. Uh-huh. Angie realized, oh, we haven't eaten dinner yet. <laughs> so we quick stopped at Burger King on our way back. And we're like, and I got back and I checked and I was like 17 minutes into the episode. So I was like, oh, crap, I've got like a half hour left to watch. <laughs> And like eight while taking notes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I really threw it together because Angie was like, oh, is it you or him that's doing the movie dude two one? And I was like, I don't know. So I was like, I'll just do it just in case. So, well, nice work. It was probably technically me, but you really it was, stepped up and pulled through. So it's OK. Good job. It's OK. Yep. So here it is. <laughs> all right. We're taking all that into consideration. Let's go. Yes. Glenn shows up to talk to Coach Taylor about his moment with Tammy, expecting you to get hit. Landry uh, expects to get hit by Vince after he sees Landry with Jess. (laughs) Becky is hit by reality when she finds out that she's pregnant, while Julie gets hit on by her boss at a volunteering gig. (laughs) Wow. That that is impressive. Uh, for a last minute synopsis, <laughs> I'm 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 pretty happy with that. That's that's very good. It uh, it came to me literally in the last moments of this episode where Landry goes up and like is like tells Vince like I don't know if you want to hit me or what. And I was like, that's exactly what like that mirrored the Glenn scene from the yes. episode. So I was like, all right, we got this. Great connections, fantastic. And it, I also like it because it's not like 
you use the same word, but it's like completely different facets of mm-hmm. of what the word is. Hit on Landry, yep. Landry and Glenn is the same, Becky. which is the connection. Yep. Becky gets hit with, yeah, man, yeah. I'm thoroughly impressed. Uh, nice work. I, yes, <laughs> good work. All right, uh, let's get into it here. This episode opens with Coach uh, showing up to a house looking for a kid named Dallas. Didn't have any idea who Dallas was at this point. Same. Yeah. Same. Uh, his Dallas's sister answers the door. Sister tells him that she's not sure, but he's probably hanging out at Carroll Park. We can tell that Coach is definitely in East Dillon. There's no hip-hop music playing or anything, but, <laughs> but he's definitely no, in East Dillon. But there is... There is a lot of hip hop cues in this oh, yes. uh, episode to let oh, us yes, know <laughs> when we're in East Dillon and when our characters are potentially in danger. <laughs> um, we get a quick scene of Vince. He's filling out an employment application at a restaurant, mm-hmm. like a local cafe. It seemed like they had some like pies in the window and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, he stops at a have you ever been arrested question. Um, and kind of pauses. Uh, he does ultimately answer yes mm-hmm. uh, after kind of contemplating on it. Yeah. Uh, we see Becky in distress. She's on the phone. She is calling the customer service of a pregnancy test company to ask how accurate their pregnancy tests are. Uh they basically tell her, well, just take another one. And it appears that she's already taken four or five yeah. at this point. So we get a little idea of what's going on here. Yes. Back at the cafe, Vince is kind of politely turned down for the job. Yeah. Um, sounds like they maybe had a, like a verbal agreement to do an interview. As soon as he filled out his application, he's kind of mm-hmm. like, Oh, like I thought we were going to do an interview. The lady tells him, oh, we'll keep your application on file. We'll call you if anything comes up. But Vince is kind of at this point convinced like, oh, this, you know, yeah, they're not going to hire me. So I have a similar experience that happened in real life to me. And I just thought of this as you were recounting really? that. Yeah. So <laughs> when I was uh, in my senior semester, my spring semester of senior year of college, uh, applying for lots of worship leader jobs and youth ministry jobs, my uh, a connection that I had got me hooked up with a church in Chicago that was looking for like a halftime worship director, youth leader person. It would not have been a good job. So I'm glad I didn't get it, (laughs) but uh, they fly me out to Chicago and uh, basically with the understanding like, yeah, well, this will be the first, the kind of the first time and we'll, you know, we'll let you lead worship and stuff. And then um, we'll probably bring you back in a month or two for like when we start with f- full interviews and stuff like that. So that's kind of the understanding. I show up. Remember, I'm like a 23-year-old, 22-year-old, maybe even uh, kid, never really been on job interviews before. I go. Turns out this pastor is like a young, like, wonderkins type guy like he's, he's probably like 26 years old and like super tan super fit super like dressed up all the time and like over the top like polite and engaging and how yep. are you josh kuipers I, I hope you're doing great you know like just kind of that kind of guy yes 
And I am like a super unorganized, like <laughs> sloppy 23 year old kid. I forget my belt, uh, to, to, uh, for, for like my dress clothes. So mm-hmm. I have to like borrow a belt from him. Apparently like you have to wear a tie when you play at this church and I did not have a tie. So I had to borrow a tie. <laughs> anyway, I go in and I like, I don't think I bomb it for who I am, but I bombed it as far as what this church was hoping for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think I realized I bombed it though. Cause I remember driving back to the airport with, with this guy and like a, like another, you know, authority person in the church mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in the back seat and I'm just making conversation. I was like, yeah, so I'm looking forward to coming out again. And, you know, when do you, when do you think we can make that happen? <laughs> and it got real quiet and real uncomfortable in the car. <sighs> and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, um, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to, we'll have to see you. We'll, we'll have to see what's, what's going on and we'll, we'll call you. We'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> Never heard from that guy again. Not even a phone call to say like, hey, I think we're going another direction. Just never heard from that guy again. Mm -hmm. It's a complete disaster. So uh, not so not exactly the same as Vince, but it Mm -hmm. was. Yeah. Looking back, it was very uncomfortable. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's very uncomfortable thing about how badly I bombed that. But uh, okay, so. The owner of the diner doesn't want to hire Vince. Coach shows up to Carroll Park. There's hip-hop music playing, so you do mm-hmm. know that it's kind of a rough environment. Uh, in it's the scary. East Dillon. We have reason for concern because of the hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Lots of people kind of giving Coach the side eye. Yeah. Um, Something like openly like disrespecting and mocking him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asks some guys if they've seen Tinker, and at this point, it's, oh. Dallas Tinker. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because I think he specifically says, you guys know where I can find Dallas Tinker? And that's, yeah, where it finally clicked for me. Yeah, uh, they don't seem very interested in helping him out in finding Dallas. No. Uh, while they're talking, some gunshots ring out. Uh, the crowd kind of disperses and the police show up. We see that the victim uh, is a young boy. Yeah, coach seems pretty shook, understandably. <clears throat> Julie's having some yogurt for breakfast, some yo play. Uh, Tammy comes into the kitchen, uh, tells her that coach is down at the police station because of that thing that happened last night. Julie is like yawning and tired. I feel like they made a big deal out of the yawn here. So I thought <laughs> something was going to come of that. Like she was tired because she was like sneaking around or something. nope it never <laughs> comes up uh she was just <laughs> had a big i guess i didn't tired. even maybe i was too uh busy taking notes but i didn't notice the <laughs> the uh exaggerated yawn. i just feel like if somebody yawns big on a tv show it's usually for a reason you know mm-hmm. if it was an accident they would have cut that out but mm-hmm. uh tammy does ask if she's excited for habitat for humanity in Julie says maybe she's getting there, but uh, kind of insinuates yeah. that Tammy forced her to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Tammy, or of course, Julie is not excited about volunteering. No. Why, yeah, <laughs> uh, why would she be? Yeah. Right. <sighs> so, uh, over the police station, co- uh, coach is talking to the police. 
about, uh, you know, hey, why don't you police the park a little better? You know, I saw a kid get shot last night. You know, there's a lot of questionable mm-hmm. activity going on. Um, they kind of basically tell him, like, oh, we don't really have the, like, funding for that or whatever. Yeah. Manpower, funding, resources mm-hmm. in general. Um, we'd like to, but we can't. Coach seems kind of frustrated by that. Not satisfied with that answer, obviously. Yes. yes. <clears throat> Becky at, is at her house. She runs into Tim in the hallway. He is half naked. He is in his towel just out of the shower. And I got to say, looking, looking pretty good. good. Looking, looking pretty good. good. Uh, normally, this would probably cause Becky to lose her gal dang mind. <laughs> uh, yes. Probably lose consciousness, but she's obviously very preoccupied. It barely registers, I feel like, to her that Tim, yeah. is, Tim Riggins is half naked in her hallway. Um, so she's got a lot on her mind, but mm-hmm. Tim Tim doesn't know that. He doesn't know the, the background of that. <laughs> Over at East Dillon. Uh, Frickin' Glenn. Glenn made the trip all the way over to uh, from West Dillon High to East Dillon High. Um Man, you got to wonder what he's thinking. He decides to show up in the middle of the day, it seemed like. Yeah, maybe before school starts at best. Yeah. Um, Shows up to apologize to Coach. Coach does not know what he's talking about. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, Glenn tells him what happened. Uh, Coach is visibly, like, pissed. (laughs) Trying to hold it in. But visibly yeah. pissed. Um, the little thing he does where he kind of like tips his head down and he like <laughs> scratches his head uh, with like his full hand over across his head. Um, yeah. Very funny stuff. <laughs> but, and then, well, and then Glenn, of course, is like, you can hit me if you want to, which is like, screw off, Glenn. Like, Glenn. he's not going to hit you on school grounds. Jeez, like, man. get real. Um, yeah, that's obviously a disingenuous promise but neither here nor there uh coach keeps us cool um but yeah very visibly upset they have a little at one point glenn is like well i'll see you at the game on friday and coach is like oh you'll be seeing me a lot sooner than that glenn uh angry coach and jealous coach is kind of a fun coach mm-hmm. <clears throat> we love to see that the stud of suds is back. We haven't yeah. seen him in a while. We don't episode, love to yeah. see that. Yeah, since I think since uh, Matt's dad's funeral was the last time we saw All him. All right. When you showed up there. at the door. Yeah. Uh, he is meeting with Tammy. Apparently, JD called his math teacher a bitch. Um, yeah. He's going to have some detention. He's going to miss some practice. And the, and the bigger crime, he also disrespected Tammy Taylor when oh. he got sent to the principal's office. Yes. Uh. So, yeah, he's going to have some detention, going to miss some practice. And the uh, the old stud of suds says, hey, that's maybe for the best. He's really been acting out since the split. And Tammy doesn't really know what he's referring to. She says, what do you, what do you mean by that? And turns out Joe and Katie McCoy have split up, um, which is not a surprise to anyone it's a surprise to tammy i guess but shouldn't be. yeah yeah even joe says like well it seems like the whole town knows <laughs> yeah and he says he kind of throws in at the end guess it can happen to anybody uh which with a little bit of like a foreboding tone i don't think it was meant to be for to for for bone uh <laughs> foreboding tone from joe 
from Joe, but from the writers of Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, now back in season one or two, uh, Matt Saracen called his art teacher, I believe, a bitch. Um, uh, do you remember that? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never had to miss any practice because of it. So maybe we are seeing some anti-McCoy treatment in the in the school. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good point. Wasn't that I've hmm, was that in high school or was that yeah. at Dylan? It wasn't at Dylan Tech. No, that was in high school. Um, I know what you're talking about. The Dylan Tech thing that happened this season where he like. Yeah. you know, got in an argument with his art teacher. So maybe it wasn't it his was, art teacher, but in high school, but it was definitely in high school yeah, yeah. that he had that situation where he was like, bitch. Mm. and then he later was like, well, I said this and then I called you a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right. When she asked him to repeat it. So. <clears throat> That's a good point. We don't, uh, I mean, I feel like we're pretty committed to the truth on that show and on this show. And we've, we've yeah. uh, not uh, hid that at all, but it's kind of hard to, say some hard things about Tammy Taylor, but mm-hmm. I think we can acknowledge maybe yeah, a little bit of bias maybe, here. Um, I just want every listener to take note. This is season four, episode nine, the lights at Carroll park. Uh, when Billy and Mindy make it here, let's see if they're asking those kinds of hard hitting <laughs> questions of why JD is being punished. And, and Matt Saracen wasn't for a very similar um, discrepancy. So just keep that in mind. Keep that uh, in mind. See if they're asking hard. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we see Buddy and Coach at practice. They're talking about the Carroll Park situation. Coach was hoping maybe Buddy could talk to Mayor Rodell about getting some lights put in or something. Buddy says, you know, like, ah, she hasn't, she's been kind of ticked at me since the whole Luke Cafferty yeah, mailbox, the mailbox situation. Thing. <laughs> and, uh, but, this came into play later, so I it was obvious that it was supposed to be a little sleazeballish from Buddy. But Buddy says he likes that that idea to take back the park, yeah. which uh, immediately my red flags went up on that. <laughs> yeah, mm. uh, sleazeball. Buddy says <laughs> this is yeah. the core, core of the episode and the Buddy sleazeball <sighs> moment for sure. I think um, over the episode. My goodness. Um, I can't remember what coach says, but buddy says, well, maybe I can, maybe I can talk to her. We have a little history. Uh, <laughs> Adele and I, uh, before she started playing for the other team, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, Incredible. Jeez, buddy. Um, I wonder how far back we're talking here. Cause yeah, she has been <laughs> playing for the other team since buddy was divorced. So is this a, yeah. another mock situation? Like- it's probably like in high school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just hope he wasn't uh, being unfaithful to Pammy with no, uh, Mayor. I, I, yeah. I mean, we do know that, that yeah, Mokla wasn't the only, yep. wasn't the only woman that uh, he cheated on Pammy with. So uh, it's hard to speculate, but yeah, it doesn't look good either way. No. Um, Julie is working at uh, at the house, the Habitat for Humanity house that she's helping out with. Uh, and in comes Ryan. <laughs> I got to tell you real quick. I saw this guy and immediately I was like, oh, geez, 
That guy looks like the guy who dated Ashley Simpson back in the day. Yes, he had that dude. Yes, part. Ryan Cabrera. Yes. Exactly. And so that's I like, exactly the same person that came into my mind. <laughs> that's Ooh. hilarious. By I paused way, it at that point and I went and Googled it and I was like, oh yeah, Ryan Cabrera. That's what it was. And then I unpaused it and then he said his name was Ryan and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, no. You the thought first, of Ryan Cabrera? I thought of freaking Ryan Cabrera. <laughs> Um, it's exactly the same person that I thought of, um, when he showed up before he said his name was Ryan. Even Yeah. Um, weird fact about Ryan Cabrera Uh is that he's now in like a multi-year relationship with freaking Alexa bliss. Oh, no way. Yeah. (laughs) Sheesh. Yeah. I'm having a hard time, like reconciling these two, like very disparate (laughs) areas of my brain and putting them together. Yeah, um, I'll give you some time to think about that. Um, it's been very strange for me as well. Um, I'm just, I got to see a picture of him together. So I'm yeah. just going to Google it real quick. Oh, he's got like pink hair in this picture, like Alexa Bliss. Wow, he looks even more douchey now than he did back then. His <laughs> hair is somehow worse than it was in 2004. Crazy. That that one song he had though was a jam. Oh yeah, it, it, it was still a goes hard. Yep, I can't think of what the title is, but I know exactly the one you're talking about. It's like, uh, and when the oh, wow, don't tell fall. me. Okay. Yeah, it was something fallen. Just go into Spotify and see what his most popular song is, because I guarantee you he didn't have anything else. No, um, on the way down. On the way down. Somehow, okay. The way down, I saw you, and you mm-hmm. saved me from myself. It's great. That's a great song. And uh, I won't forget the way you love me. <laughs> yep, I definitely remember that song. He has uh, almost 10 million plays on that song on Spotify, but somehow a different song from the same album. On the Way Down is number two. True by Ryan Cabrera has 75 million listens how does a different ryan cabrera song have 65 million more listens than- here's here's the better question why do you and i specifically remember on the way down so much better because it was good if it, right but if it came out at the same time yeah like why would you and i both okay i'm looking at the lyrics and this seems vaguely familiar i'm, I'm listening to it and i don't know this song it sounds like uh, that one, More Than Words. It sounds like More Than Words by, is that by Extreme? Or, yes. Yeah. So it's I'm got a very right More Than Words vibe. Oh, yeah. I definitely remember this song. You do? Oh, I have no recollection of it. But I just pulled up More Than Words by Extreme, and I stand by my comparison. Oh, absolutely. I do remember this song, but honestly, if you would have asked me who sang it, I probably would not have said Ryan Cabrera because I would have been like, no, he only had that one song <laughs> yeah, on the way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is kind of bizarre that we both thought of Ryan Cabrera before he said his name was Ryan because, I mean, he kind of looks like him, but not didn't have really. the hair. He, he didn't yeah. have the hair, but it just it had he had that vibe, I guess, <laughs> yeah, like the pretty know. boy vibe. Like the pretty boy with an yeah. acoustic guitar vibe, but there wasn't too many like pretty boys with an acoustic guitar, like John Mayer, but he has a very different vibe from Ryan Cabrera. Yeah, for sure. This guy yeah. had a real acoustic guitar pretty boy vibe. <laughs> and for some reason, Ryan Cabrera is who comes to mind for that. So there Ryan Cabrera, go. come on the show. Come on. <laughs> we take it and bring your wife with you, please. <laughs> yeah, <That's>, please. <laughs> that'd be, yeah. Uh so yeah, turns out this guy's name is actually Ryan on Friday Night Lights. 
Julie has accidentally tiled the closet instead nice. of the bathroom. She feels bad and stupid, but Ryan is very understanding and gracious, mm-hmm. uh, as most dudes would be with uh, Julie Taylor. Correct. And yes. uh, we sense a little spark happening at yeah. this point between the yeah, two. Yeah, they're, they're definitely flirting. Mm-hmm. Vince stops into Coach's office. Um Let's coach know, hey, I've been having a little bit of trouble finding a job. I really need some money right now. Could I list you as a reference? Um, coach agrees um, and or accepts. Mm-hmm. We see Becky waiting outside school for Luke. The bell rings. He comes out. <clears throat> Becky says she needs to talk to him. And Luke goes into like Mac mode. Like, oh, yeah, I've been <laughs> wanting to talk to you too. What's up? Yep. He thinks she's trying to come on to him or something. Um, but she just in a very distressed way, drops the whole pregnancy, abortion, needing money for an abortion thing on him. Uh, Obviously takes Luke by surprise, but um, she makes it pretty clear that her mind's made up and she's doing this, but she needs help getting the money together to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Coach uh, and Tammy are in bed. (laughs) Uh, Coach tells Tammy about Glenn's visit. Um, they kind of have a, a small argument about mm-hmm. whether or not Tammy should have told him. Um, I don't know where you land on this. I think she probably should have, especially by now. Yeah, I <clears throat> I agree. I can understand why Tammy didn't because sure, yeah, it's kind of like she had nothing to do with it. She probably knows that coach might fly off the handle and do something yep. that's going to be bad for their family. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I she's can seen him. She's seen him just with Tammy's ex. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Peter Berg. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I can understand, but I know I definitely agree. She probably should have said something. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Coach says, do you realize by proxy I've now kissed Glenn? Yes. Is, <laughs> oh, that was up there for quote of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tammy switches subjects pretty abruptly. I mean, I feel like it's clear that like coach isn't going to hold it against her. Right. Obviously not happy about it. He's yeah. He's not like upset about the kiss. He's just upset that he wasn't told. So, yeah, I thought the way that Glenn said it left a lot of room for interpretation on like who initiated things and what Tammy's yeah. role it was. Uh, I mean, he did say like, I was drinking and I got excitable or whatever, but he never said I kissed your wife against her will. He right. said like, and then my lips were on her lips and, and I know. was like, Oh my God, I'm kissing Tammy Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is not the way to tell a woman's husband that you yeah. <laughs> kissed her. Uh, but that being said, if I ever kissed Tammy Taylor, I would probably be thinking <laughs> the exact same thing. Fair enough. Yeah. Kind of come on the show. That's probably how you'd tell Angie too. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, my lips are on Connie Britton's lips. (laughs) Uh, But she hangs. uh, I'm Mr. Liberal. I would never do this. (laughs) Uh, But Angie hangs pictures of Michael B. Jordan in your house. Exactly. Uh, So, yeah, pretty much the same thing. (laughs) We're basically even. Uh, Tammy does switch the subject to the fact that the stud of suds and Katie are breaking up, says that she thinks that they need to have a date and coach agrees. Mm -hmm. 
buddy uh, is having lunch or dinner at uh, Ray's barbecue. Uh, tells Ray, Jess's dad, about the meeting with Mayor Rudell. Um, he's kind of a dick about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess's dad is. Um, he thinks that trying to save the park is futile. Uh, I think Buddy here again makes the "we're taking it back" comment. Yeah. Um, but after Buddy kind of like comes back a little bit at him, uh, Jess's dad relents and says, "Hey, you know, I've got a buddy who just got out of jail. Maybe we could do like a scared straight type of thing." Yep. Uh, to help the park. I was really confused during this episode on what that guy's name was because people were calling him like Big M and <laughs> Big Mary, and but the name of the place was Ray's Barbecue. So I thought, well, maybe Ray was like his dad, and he's but it's Ray Merriweather. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, I forgot no. that it was the. I literally, family. I literally only wrote him in to my notes as Jess's dad, and it wasn't until Haven Iron Oaks. Uh, IMDb <laughs> summation that it said Ray's barbecue in there. Wait. So I just assumed his name is not Ray. Oh, well, there we go. Just looked it up. We're both wrong. His name is Virgil Merriweather. Oh, Virgil. Well, all right. Let's see if we can remember <laughs> that. Uh, that's probably why they call him Big M mm-hmm. uh, instead of Virgil. Not mm-hmm. as uh, intimidating as Big M. <laughs> Verge. Uh, we get a quick scene of Landry and Jess. They're making out in a car. Uh, Landry is like, just not, he's like, okay, when we can hang out next, um, a little bit obsessive, a little bit, um, trying a little hard, trying to figure out when their next date's going to be. She, uh, eventually says like, Hey, I've got to close the restaurant. I don't, was it that same night? Or? Uh, she said, I have to work every night this week. Come tomorrow okay, so night. She did yeah. say come tomorrow night. But uh, And by this time I was eating. So I was taking <laughs> questionable notes. What, what did you get from Burger King? I, I got the uh, number two meal, the Texas double whopper. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, meal. I'm. I don't eat at Burger King very often, Me so whenever either. I'm like in the drive-through, I'm always like, "Oh, that looks good." <laughs> so, it's fine. Nice. Uh, does Burger King have the Baconator? Or is that that's Wendy's? Wendy's. Okay, I eat at Wendy's more than Burger King. Anyway, uh, I yeah, we didn't have uh, we didn't have a Wendy's when I lived in Brookings, so um, I that was always like a. Oh, I want fast food, but I want something that I can't get in Brookings. Uh, if I was in uh, Sioux Falls, like that's what mm-hmm, I would go to. But mm-hmm. there's no Wendy's anywhere near us because that one in Minnesota hasn't been open in a number of years. I'm not sure what it is now. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, the other one's clear over on. Oh, it's, it's in where uh, Gilbertos is moving into um, next oh. to their current location, oh. which used to be a Long John Silver's. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're moving in there so they can have a drive-through. But yeah, though there's uh, one on there's one at Dolly Farm, a Wendy's. The one on 41st and then like the one on like way west 12th. Um, yes. <laughs> so like the closest <clears throat> Wendy's to me is like probably two miles. So I've lived in Sioux Center for seven, eight years. And mm-hmm. there's a Hardee's like three blocks from our house. Mm-hmm. Never been there until a couple weeks ago because they had a, like a hand breaded chicken sandwich, you know, chicken sandwich wars uh, and all that. Yep, yep. So I, for the all. first time in 
yeah, my seven years of living in this town, I went to Hardee's. Gotta say, yeah, pretty pretty good ham bread chicken sandwich. They're all good. Right. I yeah, I we had we did have a Hardee's in Brookings and I very, very, very rarely ate there because it's so like listen, it's fine, but it's still fast food. Uh-huh. And I have the same issue with Culver's where I'm like, this mm. is good, but it's still fast food. And I would rather spend like $7 for a meal than yeah. like $12 for a yeah, meal. Yeah, that's fair. I think Culver's separates itself from other fast food a little more than Hardee's does. Hardee's doesn't do anything better than sure. any other fast food restaurant. Sure. Culver's, I do like their ice cream, I think. And not always. We have a Dairy Queen and a Culver's and I will split but like their cheese curds and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I'll occasionally sure. get the hankering for Culver's. But for the sure. most part, I'm with you. We have a McDonald's like three blocks from our house, the other way from Hardee's. And uh, I will go there nine times out of ten if I'm right. wanting fast food. So Right. Yeah. I Yeah. And I mean, we. I don't eat nearly as much fast food as I did for a while there. But like, yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, if I'm going to do it, I'm probably just going to go to McDonald's because it's just cheaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and still basically Relative. just as good and sometimes yeah, better. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't fuck up a Big Mac, you know? <laughs> no, it, it's like the standard. Can't fuck up that- a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle. It's the best <laughs> breakfast sandwich out there. <laughs> we had something with McGriddles for a long time, didn't we? I don't know. And maybe you just did in general, but I associate I've that with yeah. maybe our road trips. I don't know. Yeah, we definitely, I mean, I feel like, well, I know that we always had a thing with the uh, chicken bacon Swiss at Arby's. Which, <laughs> I forgot about that, but yeah, yeah that was definitely a thing. I, so we've got a, we've got a fast food sandwich uh, enjoyment <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we probably do. Oh yeah. You know what? Yes. When we took that trip to Chicago, uh-huh. Um, you had we I made you get a McGrill for the first time. That's that, probably yep, where that's it, why yep. I associate it with you. Yeah, yep. for sure. The McDonald's on Navy Pier <laughs> at like go. six AM. Oh my god, I was so tired on Navy Pier because we drove mm-hmm. through the night. Oh, I was miserable. That is by far the most tired. I remember being I still remember probably better than I remember the actual UFC fights. Uh-huh. I remember like being so tired that I was like dozing off and like you know that like moment where you're like dozing off and your eyes aren't fully closed but you're basically hallucinating because you're like glazing over Uh (laughs) like uh i remember doing that more at the at that ufc fight than i remember uh, (laughs) anything about most of the fights um honestly because i don't even remember the actual fight the the fight the main event as much as I remember the guy behind us yelling yeah (laughs) uh rashad evans the entire fight (laughs) yeah I don't even remember who Rashad Evans fought, but uh, I remember being so tired and thinking like, oh my gosh, we're two dudes in our mid twenties in downtown Chicago. And there's nothing I want more than to go back to the car in the parking Mm -hmm. garage and just take a nap. Maybe we did. I don't know if we did that or not. We didn't. (laughs) I I think I remember being like, like, I've never been to Chicago. I was like, I want to explore and just like stay awake. I don't know why. Oh, because I think I was like really sketched out about the idea because we talked about like just going to like a parking garage and sleeping there. But that was really a sketchy idea for me. So I think I was like, I'd rather just 
stay up and explore because like the fight started at like 3 p.m too didn't it like yeah with all the yeah prelims and stuff. yeah it was like so i remember being like we've only got a couple of hours we might as well check out what we can yeah, and, yeah you know yeah. we got a lot done we went to willis tower and yeah navy pier and we we invisibenched uh around yep, yep. I, God, there must have been at least one more thing that we i'm have to look through the photos that we did while we were in chicago because it couldn't have been just those two things but <laughs> um we went to the bean mm-hmm. um we went to navy pier and we went to willis tower and i think that was it nice um because the next pictures are of the united center one of several just epic yeah epic trips good trip. that we took that was a good trip for oh, sure okay. all right how'd we yeah. get into that i so- definitely remember oh because uh we were talking about um fast food restaurants <laughs> because of i don't know how we got in fast food restaurants but fast food restaurants led to how hardy's and wendy's oh because yep. we McDonald's, went to burger king McGriddles. i was taking bad notes because i'd been eating you asked for <laughs> what i had at burger king we talked about uh oh the expensive yeah. fast food restaurants and then so, we got caught on mcgriddles and then chicago so nothing to do with the show at all Mm -mm, Uh, mm -mm. okay yeah right on nope (laughs) okay i do remember what i was gonna say before we got on to fast food um i've been thinking since matt saracen isn't in the show and uh i hate landry so much i i think maybe we replace it with a landry hatometer i don't know i don't know if we can double up the hatometer thing if that's too much but gosh i I just constantly hate landry we could just do like the landry goofus malufus or like moment of the week (laughs) um in place of matt because i think i'm pretty sure matt matt is on the cover of the dvd box for season five so he's back okay he will come back okay so in matt's absence maybe we'll sub landry in so julie and ryan cabrera are (laughs) at the house the Habitat for Humanity house by themselves, it looks like. They're the only ones there. Ryan asks her to go to lunch if she would want to go with him to lunch. Julie says, hey, I got to be honest with you. I just got out of a relationship and I'm still so broken and I just can't. Um, He totally understands. He's a real gentleman about it. And then Julie throws in, but what if we just kissed? No strings attached. Would that be weird? Obviously, Ryan Cabrera is going to say, no, that would not be weird at all. Let's please do that. <laughs> so they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I was taking notes, I kind of did like a WTF to this. But in retrospect, um, I'm not going to say I've done that. <laughs> but yeah. I've definitely like been there. Yeah, <laughs> I've sure. definitely been in that i understand the mindset that julie is in so Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. will it go against her in the hate meter absolutely because i'm not proud of everything that i've ever done either (laughs) julie so don't take it personally but um, right uh 22 year old anthony hookman would rate pretty high on the hate meter at times (laughs) (laughs) if we're honest absolutely absolutely um so yeah julie i i like i said while i was taking the notes i was kind of like w I literally wrote WTF in my notes, but um, after discussing it, I understand the mentality, but it was still kind of of against you. (laughs) I concur with all of that. Uh, Coach and Tammy are supposed to have their little date night, going to drink some wine together. 
was that just going to be their day? I was a little confused by this. Were they just going to stay yeah. and drink wine, or were they pre-gaming, or what? I yeah, I couldn't tell either. Um, um but either way, whatever was going to happen, they had plans. Coach backs out because he's got to go with Buddy to talk to the ex gangster guy, the friend of mm-hmm. Virgil Merriweather. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tammy takes it in stride. She says, it's fine. I'll just call Glenn. <laughs> Coach takes Too that soon. Too soon. <laughs> he handles it well and says, just make sure Glenn doesn't drink all my scotch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Coach heads out and he goes with Buddy to meet Eldon. Eldon kind of speaks. So they, you know, they tell him what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. with the park and everything this is where buddy uses the you know we want to take back the park thing mm-hmm. again eldon says take back the park from who <laughs> um but they kind of tell him what they're thinking and eldon kind of speaks some hard truths about white saviorism and all that mm-hmm. uh but the poignant line the most poignant line was do you really want to make a difference or are you just feeling sad because he saw a boy get shot mm-hmm. coach says a little of both honestly. And Eldon says, well, all right, then we need money for programs and not just this week because there was a tragedy and the kids here can't see you as an outsider. Um, so buddy suggests a, like a football game lions versus an exhibition game because they've got a bye week that week, even though I swear they just had a bye week like two weeks ago. I think they've had a bye week like three weeks in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Football doesn't matter anymore. Um, Coach tries to shut Buddy up, but the other guys think it's actually a pretty good plan. Um, A little side note. Did you happen to recognize the actor who plays Eldon? I literally looked up his IMDb (laughs) because I'm like, boy, this guy's familiar, but I still was not able to place it. Oh, he's uh, Bobby Boucher's buddy from The Waterboy. I did see he was in The Waterboy, but it still yeah. didn't click with me. <laughs> yeah, he. I think he has like a gap in his tooth in that movie. Sure, yeah. um, but he's like he's like his best friend. His in best that friend, movie. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was also in The Wire, uh, like the first season of The Wire. But mm-hmm. I also, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you haven't seen that. I have but, not seen that. Um, no. yeah, he to me will always be uh, Bobby Boucher's <laughs> friend from The Waterboy. Coach um, at practice <clears throat> tells the team about the little exhibition game that they're putting on. Kind of tells them, hey, if you don't want to be there, um, you don't have to go. And in fact, we don't want you there Please if you don't, don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Don't bother. Um, after his little speech, he pulls Vince aside to let him know, hey, uh, I got you a job at Ray's Barbecue. You know, go talk to him and get it figured out, but make sure you show up. Cause I stuck my neck out for you. Yeah. Coach obviously does not know about the history between mm-hmm. Vince and Jess and Jess's father, the uh, owner and manager of Ray's barbecue. But yeah, coach makes it clear. Like, yeah, you better go do this. Uh, mm-hmm. So we see next Vince and Verge going over the terms <laughs> of Vince's employment. Verge is kind of laying down, uh, his expectations for Vince, they're pretty stringent. Um, not going to tolerate any shenanigans, uh, is Verge. And especially not going to tolerate Vince uh, bothering Jess or messing around with Jess at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will result in immediate termination. Yes. Um, Tammy comes 
to the Habitat for Humanity build site mm-hmm. uh, to visit Julie while she's volunteering. And she witnesses Ryan and Julie from a distance and kind of asks Julie about him. Julie downplays it. It's a pretty kind of throwaway scene. Yeah. She does say, um, is like, because Tammy asked her, like, is there anything you want to tell me about Ryan? And she says, no. But I feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, how do how do we feel about the Ryan situation at this point? Are you um, okay with it? I feel like we were supposed to feel like kind of happy for Julie in this moment. Um, uh, but I well, don't know I, if I do. I don't think that we've discussed really the fact that this guy is like out of college. Older. Yeah, presumably. Out like, because he talks about how he like started with Habitat for Humanity to like um like basically pad his resume and uh-huh. then he like fell in love with it and I don't remember if he specifically mentions school in there but he's definitely like 24 25 yes and Julie is 17 to 18 um you know it's a little bit feels a little bit like taking advantage situation uh, age is not a hard and fast concept in the Friday Night Lights universe. I don't know. For somebody, like, I guess to put it this way, like, for somebody who was, didn't get on his feet right away out of high school and was, like, still working a job with, like, high school-aged girls mm-hmm. into my, I mean, still early 20s. Um, You know, I was 24 when I left, like, I did not, uh, yeah, it's weird to me uh, that anybody at that age is, like, even looking at high school girls. It's very strange. Not okay. Uh, In fact, you know, pretty illegal if anything were to happen. Yes. Uh, if, If he is the age that we think he is. Right. Maybe he dropped out of school. Like maybe he fell in love with Habitat for Humanity and dropped out of school. Right. Well, maybe we should give him that benefit of the doubt. But even then, doesn't appear that way. And yeah, even then, that's not much better. No. Yeah. Okay. So we're both a little uncomfortable with the uh, Ryan Cabrera situation. One hundred percent. Okay. We see Vince clearing tables, or no, not clearing tables, cleaning toilets. Uh, my apologies. Vince is cleaning toilets at the barbecue joint. Uh, he and Jess kind of have a little bit of a contentious back and forth uh, yeah, thing Jess, going like, on. Basically, just shows up to criticize his cleaning techniques and mm-hmm. uh, and performance. Yeah, she makes it clear with Vince that she's not happy that he's there, and then she goes outside and lets her father know that she is not happy that he hired Vince and is even a little confused by it because she knows her dad doesn't want her to have anything to do with Vince. Yes, so. Yeah, her dad does explain, like, hey, I owed a favor. Mm-hmm. So, yep. You know, just stay away from each other. <laughs> Tim's trying to get Becky to come out of her room. Um, he's kind of doing whatever he can to get her out. She finally comes out. Tim thinks the way that she's been acting is because of the kiss that they shared at the plot of land, right? That's when they kissed. Mm-hmm. Yep. He apologizes, says that it was a mistake. It'll never happen again. I'm sorry. And that makes Becky feel even worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, she doesn't explain to Tim why, but she Mm -hmm. definitely like kind of gets a little indignant. (laughs) Yeah. 
um and kind of is like well you know i don't remember what how she puts it but is very like yeah, wow oh, that makes it okay. so much better mm-hmm. yeah yeah, Tim misread the situation. But I mean, how could he he can't know? Right, you can't blame Tim in that situation, yeah. but um but I can also understand where Becky is coming yeah, from for sure. Extent. For sure. Vince comes back uh late to work or like after work, he comes back to the barbecue joint to get his jacket. Jess is still there. It's very awkward intense uh interaction that they have. But Vince leaves right as he's leaving. Landry drives up. Um, it's very awkward and tense again. And yeah. we just kind of get the idea that Vince can't believe what he's seeing at this yeah, point. Yeah, Vince is like visibly thrown off is yeah. how I put it in my notes. Like mm-hmm. just kind of like what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Which uh, I feel like we all should be asking what the hell is going on here. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Again, Michael B. Jordan and Jesse Plemons. Uh, <laughs> not much of a choice, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, you know, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but. Uh, Sometimes you can't help who you fall in love with. Got to uh, be a hell of a beholder. <laughs> uh, Becky and Luke are talking about the baby situation we got a firm answer here on how old Becky is, which I feel like we've yeah, been trying 16. to nail down. Mm-hmm. Luke, I'm 16, she says. Luke is very concerned for her, wants to make sure that she's doing okay. Um, he also says, you know, it's not that I want to be a dad, but there's something about not being one. I feel like we get a very honest and real moment from from Luke yeah, I was going to say a very realistic portrayal of these kinds of situations. Um, you know, uh, hats off to the writers for mm-hmm. handling it in this manner because it is, uh, I mean, it's a complex topic. It's one that I have changed my own mind about in terms mm-hmm. of like political, you know, Anthony doesn't get political uh, <laughs> about uh, this because, uh, you know, uh, you know, something I've wavered on and gone back and forth on myself. So it's, it's interesting to see two characters that don't really land uh, or they kind of land on a decision, but aren't, you know, it's more complex than, than any portrayal that I can really think of Mm -hmm. in media anywhere. Yeah. This, I remember this storyline being, uh, one that when I was a youth pastor, like right when all this was coming out, this is 2010, right? So this was, yeah, yep. my first year of being youth pastor. I remember watching this and being like, man, I feel like this show is not quite appropriate to show like 14 to 18 year olds. But if I could, it would like be a really realistic way to bring up these conversations and absolutely to start uh have a really humanized way of addressing some of these mm-hmm. things. So I remember that pretty specifically from this storyline in general. Um I also appreciated that like I felt like we that uh, Luke was that both sides were presented in a very humanized way 
like yes. we could completely understand where Becky's coming from and she mm-hmm. was not portrayed as like, you know, some evil woman wanting to get an abortion. And we also understood where Luke was coming from and he wasn't portrayed as some like closed minded, you know, right. Right. Exactly. Yep. You know, or whatever, not that big it applies to this, but they were right. both like, okay, I understand where both of these people are coming from and I can, uh, yeah, get on, not necessarily get on board with both of them, but I can have for compassion sure. for both of them. Absolutely. Yes, yep. absolutely. All right. So Bozo's back. Yeah. Vince's whole, whole squad. Yeah. The whole clown show. <laughs> Pull up in a clown car and they yep. all get out. Yep. They show up to Ray's barbecue and they demand that Vince bring out some food for them, hook them up. Vince shuts him down, holds the line on it, and this really pisses off one of the clowns that I don't think we've known prior to this. Seems like Vince didn't know, really know who he was either. Um, makes him mad. They kind of get into it with Vince, and uh, Verge comes out, steps in, kind of shuts down the whole situation. He's a big man. Uh, we got a view from like behind yeah. where it, it emphasized how much bigger he was than all these guys. Um, but he kind of comes out, steps in, shuts it all down, and um, we get a moment with Verge and Vince where it seems like maybe Virgil's coming around a little bit to Vince. Yep. Said, you know, like, hey, I know this job isn't great, but it'll keep you out of the joint and it pays, and you're better than those guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it seems like he's getting a little bit of a soft spot maybe for Vince. Yeah. I mean, Vince has worked here like two days. <laughs> uh yeah it for his crew to show up and like expect the hookup i mean don't get me wrong i've worked some restaurant jobs where i've you know given a hookup here or there uh-huh. um i've been on the receiving end of a few hookups um mm-hmm. shout out to i won't name them just in case anybody from the dutch oven bakery is listening <laughs> to this podcast but i've probably had roughly 150 free donuts from the Dutch oven bakery <laughs> oh, Wow! between two sisters that work there. That might even be oh, that, saying too much. That tips it but off. That me, lets but... you know who exactly who, who, who the sisters <laughs> were. <laughs> friends of the show. Uh, friends of the show. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that's the one that comes to mind is I probably have gotten more <laughs> free donuts than donuts. Well, maybe not more free than I've paid for at the Dutch oven, but it's got to be pretty close because I got a lot of free donuts over the years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do that on day two of a job, you know, of <laughs> yeah, a friend's no. job. Like that's, I wasn't even sure if those guys knew that he worked there or if they right. just like showed up and like, Oh, Vince. What? Oh, all yeah, right. as far Hook as we can up, tell man. Vince, like hasn't really talked to these guys. Yeah. No, maybe that's in the deleted scenes, but I've never had a situation where I got the the hookup like that, but uh, Joel Dykstra and Sam Miner would just show up to the Taco John's in Orange City uh, at like multiple times a week and just be like, they'd order and then be like, yeah, and can we get that for free? <laughs> and they were there so much that like the people know, knew them and loved them. And they're just like, yeah, you bet. Yeah, it's on us. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, that is. Y'all have the you know the the grilled chicken burrito and a large potato lays, and can I get it for free, please? 
That's an extremely Joel Dykstra thing to do. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, wow, that's absolutely insane. Um, but that does remind me of another uh, story that you were there. I'm pretty sure for yeah. the uh, the Wendy's in Wilmer, Minnesota, um, where uh, at the Sunshine Music Festival, obviously, because oh. <laughs> when else would we have been at uh, it's like Wilmer, Minnesota together? Yep. Um, I don't remember the details aside from that, like. Tyler was like near the counter with like an empty fry thing. And the guy was like, yo, dude, we don't refill fries. Hold on. Let me go refill your fries. (laughs) Yes. Those guys were absolute clowns. I wonder what those guys are up to now. (laughs) I was, I was like mixing the, that memory and Dana, uh, the Perkins. Oh man, Dana. (laughs) Together in my mind. Man, what a trip that was. I wish I could remember more about that. I'd, I'd almost forgotten about Dana. Was that Sunshine too, or was that State Basketball? That was Sunshine, 100% okay, was. Sunshine. Yeah. And I remember, like, the manager, like, got mad. He thought, like, we were fucking with him. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. I feel bad because now, in retrospect, because I was, like, 17 on that trip. Uh-huh. And probably did not tip Dana like he deserved to be tipped oh, because I just not. didn't no, know how to did. tip. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Sorry, Dana. Sorry, Dana. If you're listening to show, this, yeah. come on the show. Um, we'll Venmo you a tip. I've got, yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've, I've got the money now and understand how to tip and I will, I will hook you up uh, with sure. like, yeah, with more, <laughs> with interest. <laughs> Uh, all right. So Eric and buddy and Tammy are at the, uh, what's the name of the park? It's the name of the Carol park. episode. Carol park. They're at the Carol park, uh, football game between the lions and kind of the neighborhood guys. Yeah. They're very nervous, uh, about some of the players for the other team. Um, Tammy and buddy at least are. Yeah, well, well, and it's understandable because there's hip hop music playing right. as they're as they're walking up. So big red flag that you yes. are in danger. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Um, they can't get the lights to come on for the game, so coach has to break into the switch box uh-huh. to make it happen. Uh, we get a little scene of Vince and Landry, like Vince kind of staring down Landry, yeah. not saying anything, but Landry's trying to talk his way through it and basically saying like, Hey, I don't know. What is he even saying? Um, he, he does say like, listen, uh, I understand that you and Jess have a history, but, uh, like I really like her and I understand if you want to hit me <laughs> or whatever, right. but yep. Like Glenn and coach. Yep. Yeah. I just kind of understand, you know, like I'm really enjoying hanging out with her. Blah, blah, blah. Luke or uh, Vince does not hit Landry at this. No, point. <clears throat> just kind of gives him a look, and the lights come on and kind of break the tension. Yeah, sort of. Game starts. Uh, Eldon is refing. Tells the players he's not going to tolerate any crap. Yeah, uh, the game is no pads but full tackle, which I seems tell. like not what you want to have your uh, squad doing on their uh, <laughs> bye week. I felt like it was two hand touch, but they were getting rough with it. Yeah. Okay. You know, maybe it was like things rap. escalate. 
or, or whatever. Rap, like, yeah, yeah I don't know. But I mean, guys were going down for sure. I just know that when I was in college, snow football was a thing. So if there's like a big snowstorm, all the guys in the dorm would go out and play snow football. And it was supposed to be two hand touch, but it, it always ended up in like literal fist fights and tackles and bloody noses and stuff like that. So the neighborhood guys are giving Vince kind of a hard time, um, you know, because he's supposed to be with. Yeah. Rain. Yeah, they're saying, you know, you're on the wrong side mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. A uh, lot, lot of tension specifically yeah. with Vince. Yep. Vince tells the other Lions players that, hey, he knows these guys. You just got to go at them, not back down, all that. Um, they start to have a little success. They run like a flea flicker is it play like a pitch to Landry and then Vince goes out for a long pass yeah and Landry throws a perfect spiral yes bomb to Vince and they score what is the deal with the writers of the show wanting to make Landry look cool or be a hero or whatever He's not. There's no way that why do, why would <laughs> no. Landry ever be able to do no. that? That is no. not consistent. I don't know. I, like, look, I, Landry can kick a field goal. Look, Landry can make a big block. Look, Landry yeah. can now he's Landry's an awesome quarterback. Maybe a better quarterback than Matt Sarris. No, I also made a note of that scene because I was like, okay, flu flicker to Landry. Why is Landry in the backfield at all? Like, oh, why is Landry even on offense? Period. <laughs> um, and then yeah, he throws a pass to Vince. Uh, yeah. I just don't understand. And I feel like the first five times I watched the show, I fell prey <laughs> to what the writers were trying to do in making Landry cool. Mm-hmm. And I thought Landry was cool, but I, I see the truth now. He is not cool. And there's no way he could have actually done that. Yeah. So, but it's kind of his resemblance to Abe blinded us. <laughs> that, that must've been it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's back and forth. Pretty fun game they got going. Yeah. Uh, Coach is impressed at one point by a 13-year-old kid from the other team named mm-hmm. Maurice. Um, Coach Middle Pol- school kid, yeah. calls him over, tells him, hey, you're going to come out next year, come play football with me, uh, making that connection. So uh, positive vibes by the end of the whole thing. Yes. The next day, Coach and Tammy are talking about having their little dates. Um, and how I don't know if it's coach or Tammy. I think it's coach that says, you know, I know we're not Joe and Katie McCoy, but I do think that relationships do need nurturing. Yes. That coach um, says that. Yep. Uh, Tammy kind of says, Oh, why don't you turn here and takes them out to this little lake. And uh, they kind of kiss and get all, all romantic. I mean, it's not just any lake. It's the lake they went to on their first date. Not right? their oh. not their first date. I was their still eating. First date. They made oh. a big deal of like, yeah, this is where we had our first date. Not our first date, but our first date. Okay. I did this not This is where Tammy that. and Coach had sex for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It was a nice little moment, but I thought it was maybe a little unnecessary to uh, <laughs> go into it like that. Uh, nice little quote to coach. They're kind of kissing and whatnot. And coach says, damn, I love you. And 
uh, Tammy says, damn, I love you too, babe. It felt very Coach and Tammy-ish. For sure. Becky knocks on Tim's door. She wants to talk. She's got a couple things. Um, first of all, it really hurt me when you said that kissing me was a mistake. Yeah, it really meant something to me, she says. Mm-hmm. Tim says, I don't want to listen. I don't mean to hurt you ever. Um, so makes it pretty clear to the viewer that Tim definitely has a soft spot in his heart for Becky. Um, even if it's, I don't know. I think we don't know that it's necessarily romantic, but I think he cares a lot about Becky yes. and they make yes. that clear. And then she says, Tim, I'm pregnant. Um, it's like, what? I'm pregnant. I don't know what to do. And I'm so scared. I really wanted and even was expecting Tim to say, uh, <laughs> Becky, I don't think you can get pregnant. From kissing. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> I wanted that to happen so bad. Same. But no, I think the writer's. As much as I also kind of saw that coming, I think the writers made the right choice yeah. <laughs> uh, in not including that. Yeah, it's a little more meaningful to not have that in there, but it would have been an absolute Tim Riggins moment. Yes. Um, so, roll credits. That's the end of the episode. We will be right back with our awards for the week. All right, we're back. We're going to give out some awards like we always do. Let's start out with the Coach Taylor inspiring. How inspiring was Coach this week? He was trying hard, that's for sure. Yeah, he was trying hard. You know, he, he was trying hard to find Tinker. Um, do we ever find out why Tinker was no missing several practices? It's probably a good thing it was a bye week. Uh because, yeah, otherwise I feel like there would have been consequences. But, nope, yeah. we did not find out why Tinker was gone. Okay. Um, yeah, he's trying hard with that. He makes the the Carroll Park thing kind of a passion project. Um, it's kind of revealed that his intentions are mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty honest about that. Like, yeah. I want my players to be safe. Yeah. Oh, you know, we see him show some show some restraint with Glenn, <laughs> which is inspirational because... <laughs> You know, Glenn. Glenn. Glenn has never uh, kissed my wife, but I still want to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling on this on the whole, like a, a strong six to a light seven. That's pretty high, pretty good. Um, are we going to document for? Do we feel like any of this was rooted in actual like white savior mentality, or was he coming about it honest? Um, Buddy is definitely white savior. Absolutely, type. yes. Like, um, yeah. I'm going to say like 30% from a white savior perspective and 70% from an actual mm-hmm. like caring perspective. So yeah. don't get me wrong. Like this, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just the, the, it's a mixed. Yeah. Uh, it's coming from mixed places, but. And I would, I think probably it started at 30, 70, but by like actually putting on that game and getting in there and yes. m- making relationships probably, you know, decreased that percentage even more. So I agree. Let's go with the, uh, let's go with the six. I felt, I feel like seven's a bit too um, high for where I was thinking, but six sure. is pretty good. That's what you said, right? Six or seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Julie Taylor, Hadometer. Julie's definitely Julie in this episode. Um, yeah. I feel like not as overtly hateable, but still no. some questionable moves. Yeah, no, she's, I mean, she's had some high numbers lately. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, uh, you know, this is a four or five, I think. I would say the questionable things are, again, I don't know if we falter for this, but for the, the right. kiss thing, yeah, I don't know. That's, it's weird, but I don't know if it's hateable. Right, exactly. I think it's more hateable from Ryan's perspective than it is from her, from her perspective because she's a child and he is mm-hmm. seemingly at least in his mid-20s. The other thing that maybe Julie gets some points on the hate meter for is when she's kind of like saying that Tammy forced her to... to yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably the most hateable thing. And- I think the most hateable thing is her like complaining about volunteering. Yeah. I think a four is fair for Julie. Yeah. It's definitely a step in the right direction compared to where she has been lately, mm-hmm. which is uh, kind of at peak hate-o-meter levels, but big rig beer tally. I, as always, have zero. Did you catch any? I did not catch any in this episode. No, Tim yeah. was very barely in this in the episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we do not have the Alamo Fr- Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshucks Goofus Malufus moment of the week, but uh, we do have the Landry Clark, Oshucks, Goofus, Malufus moment of the week presented by Crucifictorious. Uh, I don't know why they would be presenting that award. Um, well, why would uh, the Alamo Freeze be presented? <laughs> and I feel like, Malufus. honestly, the other members of Crucifictorious Crucif- do think that Landry is yeah. a Goofus, Malufus. So. I think Crucifictorious <laughs> is more likely to sponsor a Landry, Goofus, Malufus uh, than moment the than the Alamo Freeze is with, uh, with Matt. So. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So what is Landry's peak goofus malufus in this episode? I think maybe just like being so not confident in himself that he's like, all right, when are we hanging out next? And like mm-hmm. trying, you know, like just so not playing it cool. Yeah. Forcing it to happen. I agree. Uh, I think his little like, speech or whatever to vent with Vince in his face was not impressive either, but I do agree that kind of forcing Jess to uh, nail down a time is probably peak. The Donnie Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Uh, man, I'm torn. <laughs> I'm torn between uh, his comment about Mayor Rodell. Oh, yes. Because that's super sleazy. I think that's more sleazy in a Buddy Garrity way. So that's what I'm going to give it to is him making the comment about like, we have a real history before she started playing with the other team, if you know what I mean. <laughs> that's a more Buddy, I think, intentionally sleazy. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to vote for that. But um a more like caricature sleaziness with the we're taking back the part <laughs> being his kind of uh, right. catchphrase two or three times in this episode. Yeah, uh, you're right. The Mayor Odell thing is more on brand for Buddy and also more entertaining. So let's go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Joe McCoy stud of sud smug scumbag move of the week. I was waiting for it to be a scumbag thing, but I feel like maybe they were even trying to get us to feel a little sorry for Joe. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he was being disingenuous 
Because even like just the way when Tammy was like, you know, told Joe that JD was going to have to miss a couple practices, Joe, and maybe it's just who his character is, but he was like, yeah, I think that's probably the best decision. Yeah. And even Tammy was like, you do? (laughs) Um, Like, I couldn't, it still felt disingenuous, even though. Yeah we don't actually get an indication that that was the case. So yeah. Or like his last line where he's like, yeah, it can happen to anyone. You didn't feel if he was like, you couldn't Mm -hmm. tell if he was like implying that like, yeah, it could happen to you and coach. Right. Type thing. I don't know. So. And, and I mean, if, if he was trying to plant those seeds of doubt, it worked. Yeah, it did. So, um, so I I think we got it. We got to give it to it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Notable music cues. I don't know what you're thinking for this. I didn't notice any big song. I didn't but catch I do have any a nomination. I didn't catch any outside of the weird uh, hip hop uh, <laughs> to indicate that we are in a dangerous place. So, oh, yeah. and the trivia: Michael B. Jordan and Lawrence Giller both appeared in season one of The Wire. Uh, Bobby Boucher's buddy and oh yeah. And uh, Michael B. Jordan. So he's in the wire, huh? He must have been. Yeah, young. he was. He was like a child. Yeah, in the huh. first. It was in the first season. There you go. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I do not recognize any of the songs on the IMDb soundtrack. Credits, okay, perfect. So. Then, then I have, I have a nomination. Then let's go with "On the Way Down" by Ryan Cabrera. Yep. <laughs> Count it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That'll definitely uh, be played on the way to work tomorrow. <laughs> it's a banger. I'll do I, need pop- to do, I, put, I put together probably like in April, I would say. I put together a uh, like pop punk bangers mm-hmm. mix because mm-hmm. I'd been really in the mood for like, and I was like two songs per artist max mm-hmm. and uh, put together probably like an hour and a half mix of nice. like my favorite pop punk stuff from like, uh-huh. you know, no later than probably 2007 beautiful um but i need to do a like sad dudes with guitars uh <laughs> like some john Mayer's ryan cabrera um maybe like one jason mraz song i could throw mm-hmm. in there you and i both has always been a real uh soft spot for mm-hmm. me i always said that uh after I worked in Okaboji, I would never listen to another jason mraz song in my life but you and i both <laughs> has got he's got legs yeah, uh, I won't give up by Jason Mraz. That's one that stands. I hate that song. I hate that song. <laughs> Fair enough. A lot. Fair enough. Uh, um, slow dancing in a burning room. That's a yes. sad guy with a guitar song. That's incredible. Absolutely. And that's. Yeah. I mean, that's almost too electric. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah, man, John Mayer, man, what a you know, but he gets a lot of gets a lot of, shit, but uh, his run. From from Continuum to Paradise Valley is it's an impressive run. I have a I have a lot of admiration and respect for John Mayer. Same, just Same. simply on his uh, abilities as a musician. And yes, sometimes he's a bit of a sleaze bag, but he's a pretty entertaining dude and keeps it pretty real. So what, it, that's what I've always said about what I love about both John Mayer and Kanye West is like they may come off as egotistical. But also when I watch interviews with them, sometimes I'm like, this guy gets it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's he's literally like those two guys are two of the only people who will talk to an interviewer like you and I talk to each other. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like there's a level of arrogance because they're celebrities, yeah. but like they keep it real. They don't, they don't sugarcoat things. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Mayer has since his real controversy in like 2010. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, other than that, like those dudes keep it real. Mm-hmm. I got to say they do. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I can. Yeah. I can I can get behind that. I've sure. got a lot of even though I disagree with John Mayer's comments that he made in 2010, mm-hmm. <laughs> um strongly, uh I got a hint he seems like a guy that I could hang out with. Mm-hmm. The phrase that John used to describe Jessica Simpson as sexual dynamite, we'll never forget that. That is like just lodged in my brain. When I think Jessica Simpson, I think sexual dynamite. <laughs> it was saying sexual napalm, wasn't it? Napalm, yes. which is even better. Yeah. Yes. Those aren't the napalm. comments that I was thinking of. No, no, no. I, I, okay, okay. I, I was like, I, I don't know I'm if aware you're the of ones the, that I'm thinking I'm, of. I'm aware of the, yeah, um, <laughs> the real ones. But yes. No, I had forgotten about sexual napalm, but the fact that you said, I mean, the fact that I remembered it uh, yes. over dynamite, that's, yeah, it was in my brain somewhere. Um, yeah, what a guy. But I could see myself being, especially in my 20s, yeah. if I was a celebrity and giving an interview, I would have probably said that much same and probably dumber. <laughs> right. So <laughs> um, I think I think there's something admirable about that. Um, mm-hmm. That we don't. I think we hold celebrities to this weird standard, which I think we should hold everybody accountable. Mm-hmm. But I think we do hold celebrities to a weird standard of, and especially, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but like eleven years ago, things oh, yeah. were very different than they are now. Absolutely. Um, I feel like we've talked about that so, quite a lot with this show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, 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 yeah. I'm I'm I haven't even listened to John Mayer's new album and his last one I was not a huge fan of but man that that uh like I said that continuum to paradise run uh mm-hmm. run including the live album where the light is mm-hmm. yeah very good Jeff's kiss jo- uh the John Mayer trio album mm-hmm. I think is will always stand the test of time for me that's always yeah. one that I'll come back to so uh, John Mayer, nothing to do with this actual episode no. of Friday Night Lights, but Ryan Cabrera. Bad dudes with the guitars were fans. Yes. Uh, outdated pop culture reference of the week. Anything there um, besides Ryan Cabrera <laughs> as well? I think, yeah, us talking about Ryan Cabrera is, is an outdated pop culture reference. I did notice, I'm like 80% sure that, um, so there, when the scene where they were trying to get the lights turned on, uh-huh. Um, I'm pretty sure Coach is seen making a call, and I'm 80% sure that he has a uh, Motorola Crazer, which I also oh, had. Yeah, it looked crazer, very, baby. very... I mean, we got a quick shot, but it looked very similar to the phone that I probably had in 2009 as well. Um, it was the red, <laughs> the red, dark red one. Yeah, um, like the skinny version of the Razer, yep, right? Yep, Um Another good phone. Ah, I was. I didn't. I, I didn't love it. <laughs> okay, my razor. I I loved my razors. I had sure. a couple of those. So. I never had a razor, but yeah, the Motorola razor. It it got the job done. But I mean, I'm pretty sure that the next phone that I had after the Motorola razor was the LG NV2, which, as we've it. talked about, it yeah. is the greatest phone of all time. <laughs> Agreed. Can't compete with that. It was. I think it was even better than the NV3, which I also had. But it's yeah. hard to beat the NV2. I honestly, I think if you Man, I'd be interested to try giving up my iPhone for a 
uh, an LG NV2. I think I could, I think I could do it. Maybe. My, if I had access to like GPS mm-hmm. and I, and I got an iPod, then I think I could do it. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yes, I would have to replace the one device with three devices, but <laughs> I think I could do it then too. I think that maybe by the LG MV2 they had, did have navigation. Like, it did have navigation, navigation systems. You're yeah, right. it did. It did. It maybe wasn't as good as Google Maps, but all right. Quoted the episode. I feel like we threw a few a few things out there. Yeah, um, I mean the one that still stands out to me is the Buddy Garrity. Uh, before she started playing for the other team, uh, quote was really good. It's um, be hard to beat that. Yeah, there was one other that you wrote down that I got a real chuckle out of. Uh, I don't know if this is what you're thinking of, but I think a worthy one is. I guess I'll see you around at the game or something. Oh, you'll see me around sooner than that. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was a good one as well. <laughs> oh, you'll be seeing me sooner than that, Glenn. <laughs> um, yeah, that one was really good. Um. Even just, I mean, the entire interaction between Glenn and Coach might be. Yeah. Let's give it to that since the um, Buddy We've already, already given, the, yeah. We've already given Buddy credit life. for his sleazy cock quote. <laughs> uh, MVP of the episode. Who are we feeling here? Uh, last episode, I believe, we did not give out any MVP. We left it vacant because nobody was deserving. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like we can we can land on somebody here though. Yeah. Um I am tempted to go Vince. Okay. I think there's an argument to be made there. He gets the job. Um he's trying to turn things around and he's he does the right thing when mm-hmm. his the clown car pulls up. So I think that's good. I think there's a case to be made for coach as well. Yeah, he's that trying, was that would be my number two for sure. He's trying to do good in the world and he actually puts things in motion and I feel like does end up making a difference um, and probably probably learn something along the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think so. I lean a little bit more towards coach, even though we love to give Vince a win. But uh, yeah, how okay. do you feel? Um, yeah, I think, like I said, I coach was my was my backup choice. I think they're both deserving of the MVP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we saw more growth from Vince, but I think coach from the jump, you know, he handles himself well with Glenn. I mean, yeah. that right there is <laughs> worth a lot of points. Um, and and you know like you said we we saw him kind of start this mission with Carol Park uh maybe partially disingenuous and and really kind of comes around and, and grows with it too so yeah um yeah i'm good with i'm good with coach if that's if all that's right. the way you're leaning him yeah all right i like it episode rating yeah um I'll be entirely honest with you. I think this is a good episode, not a great episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost feels like uh, it's it's not what they call a bottle episode, but it almost feels like a, a filler, I guess, is the word. Yeah. It's like we're not really driving the plot forward as far as like 
the team and yes, our characters. It's like, a, what can we distract Coach with this week outside of football directly? Yeah. And it's this like whole, this park. Um, right. That we which, had never heard of before. Yeah. Kind of introduced. And, uh, you know, I think the one major thing that does happen is the uh, abortion storyline with Becky. Yeah. And Luke, that, and, which will yeah. continue. But other than that, like Luke and Jess, nothing really happened there. It just kind of yeah. continues. So, um, so what are you thinking? I've I'm thinking your mind. like a strong six to a light seven. I was thinking a kind of middle of the road to a light seven. So let's yep. go with a light seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we've had some social media interactions. We're at that point in the show. Oh yeah. So let's yes, we have Twitter and see who we need to shout out here. Yeah. We, we have had some, uh, some social media interactions that I completely, man, I forgot this segment of the show. Not that I would ever forget our fans, but Sarah with an H we got a new listener. Uh, Sarah oh yeah. Tony well, we can start there. Yeah. Uh, just started watching Friday night lights this week and also discovered reliving the lights uh, in the process. So uh, welcome to you, Sarah tone 16, Sarah with an H uh, glad first watch yeah, uh, man. For, or implied first watch at least. Uh, yeah, no, it says for the first time. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I didn't even see that part. I just saw. I just. I was just looking at. Started watching instead of started rewatching. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you to Sarah with Sarah with an H for joining for in enjoying the show for the first time and and joining us through the process of it. That's um, that's humbling. So, yeah, that's for good sure. Stuff right there. Uh. Just want to give a shout out to our probably oldest friend, uh, Riley McKenna Insko, who <laughs> uh, heard her herself get called out on the episode <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and yes. did uh, uh, let us know that she was still she is still listening every episode. So yes, um, and shout know. out to Riley's mom, who is from Iowa. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, say hi to your mom for us. Give her an ope. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we appreciate as always your listenership. Got a little trash talk from crank chop. Oh, what's uh, crank chop up to now? He put us, uh, well, he, he, he said he, well, he implied through a meme that he's interested in the, uh, <laughs> Billy and Minnie Riggins, <laughs> uh, show, which that was really good. I really appreciated that. Yeah. I got some good chuckles out of that too. <clears throat> Um, uh, Chris at Martin Blank. Have we shouted? I don't know if we, we shouted have because he he turned me on to the Grain Belt Northeast. Oh, he was week. the Northeast guy. Okay, yep, yep, yep. yep. But, and he was drinking some some Surly, which I'm uh, I like Surly's beers. Uh huh. So I uh, yeah, love that. <laughs> yeah, maybe some reservations about the company itself at times. I don't. But. Yeah, I, I mean, I only know. I've only heard. I I honestly don't know what's going on with them but i have heard that they're maybe not uh maybe not the best people or i, I don't know i'm yeah. i'm very i, I I'm, i'll be honest i'm not very informed but i assume it would probably be a subject for an anthony gets political <laughs> from what i understand <laughs> yeah uh but the beer is fantastic uh just to shout out some other people real quick who who reached out uh we had matthew taylor mm-hmm. 
um, reaching out. We had Dave Bachman, Tiger Dave 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, good to hear from you, Dave. Yeah, we we retweeted him because he 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 said what we're all thinking. <laughs> uh, you know, he says this is one of the things I love about your podcast. I can guarantee you that the new Copycat Rewatch podcast, correct? Co- yes. Uh, we'll stay completely clear of this topic. The topic being Baby Gracie being an alien. <laughs> uh, not to mention Secret Family. It's how much Julie sucks, etc. That is correct. Yep. Um. So we did quote tweet him and said, you know, and this is what I'm saying is, uh, you know, you can start all the pod. I, I, you know, we started this podcast uh, back in June of 2020, mm-hmm. and we said, all right, there's. At that point, I think there was two or three podcasts out there, which we've referenced in earlier episodes. Yep. And I did not listen to a single episode of those podcasts. I don't know anything about them. No. But I would, if I had to guess, I bet they don't have. They have. I <laughs> will guarantee they haven't talked about Coach's Secret Family. No. Feel pretty strongly confident they don't have the Julie Taylor Hay meter, which is what we all wanted and need. <laughs> <laughs> definitely don't have the Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Absolutely not. They definitely don't go all in on Gracie. And that is the reliving the lights guarantee. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and this has nothing to do with us, but I bet they're not. Uh, they didn't bring Movie Dude 1 into the Oh, no way. No way. They, yeah. Which, yeah. if we're honest, is, you know, like... Mm, Maybe the best part of reliving the lights. Yeah, it was a cornerstone uh, of our show for for a long time. Shout out to Marns, who uh, yeah, our, our old friend Marns, who who uh, just showed up to say that she misses Movie Dude one so much, and we all do. We all do. Mm-hmm. Billy and uh, Mindy don't know what they're missing over there without Movie Dude one. So, hey, thanks to all of you who reached out. We really yes. do love it. It's great to see you all. Uh, grateful for all of you for listening, for going through Friday Night Lights with us, especially grateful for those of you in Laos and uh, the yes. West Indies. Uh, glad that you're with us all the time. But wherever you are, uh, we're, yeah, we love going on this journey with you. Uh, Anthony, a pleasure as always. As always. Uh, nice to sneak one in here tonight with you glad we can make it work yeah so. trying to get trying to get the content to the people this is where we're, we're working hard for you <laughs> we do what um, we gotta do we we were we you know we're not above taking a week off here and there but we we are trying to get the content out to you and you know we've we've said it before we'll say it again uh you know a year ago at this time we probably had we were probably 15 episodes in the can <laughs> we had the leeway to do it and uh you know since the world kind of opened back up uh, we haven't had, uh, or we've we've fallen a little bit behind, and we haven't had that luxury. Yeah, I know the next couple of weeks, just uh, based on what you said and knowing my own schedule, we're going to be kind of rocky. Uh, yeah, a little touch and go, maybe. I know that the weekend of uh, October 23rd, I'm going to be out of uh, town. It's Hobo Day, so oh hey, I uh, got to celebrate that. Uh, it sounds like mid October you're out, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, would that be like October 14th that weekend? It's actually not over like a Friday or Saturday, believe it or oh, not. Oh, nice. So okay. So we might be all right. All right. Yeah. But yeah. We're going to, we're going to work our hardest to get the content out. So you got to uh, just remember, we're going to record it when we can. And uh, Josh has the, <laughs> uh, the, the, the big task of editing uh, as yes. well. So, yeah. 
we got a, we got a little loose, or at least I got a little loose the last couple episodes, which always requires a little <laughs> more editing. <laughs> I'm always I'm always loose. So, <laughs> all right, that'll wrap it up for tonight. We will see you next week for another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.